before we get into the conversation, here's a little bit of information about how this podcast series came about. Hello, my name is Suzizo and I'm the curator in residence at City Arts and the producer of Catalyst, a programme that has been designed in response to City Arts Black Lives Matter commitments and a series of conversations that followed. Looking back at the conversations, the group discussed events that followed the tragic murder of George Floyd and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. They also spoke about navigating the arts, their own practices and their vision for anti-racism within the sector. One particular discussion that took place was one in which the group spoke about the people who had inspired them, both personally and professionally. And so I wanted to produce a series in which some of my favourite creatives from Nottingham could do just that for listeners, particularly for aspiring creatives of African-Caribbean heritage. I also wanted the series to give an insight into the journey of some of these creatives, for them to be able to share their experiences about some of the wins, about some of the losses and the things that drive their practices. Whilst it's also important to speak about racism, and we do cover that within the series, It was also important to give space for discussion outside of it. The experiences of black people are not monolithic and our identities are much more than the struggles and suffering of racism. The conversations will explore the guest creative processes, the 2020 anti-racism protests and mental health. The podcasts will also look at entrepreneurship and the guest experiences of navigating the pandemic. Community Conversations is hosted by Rachel Wilcox. Rachel is arts editor at Left Lion, a Nottingham-based cultural magazine and contributing writer for Black Ballad, a UK-based lifestyle platform that seeks to tell the human experience through the eyes of Black British women. Alongside writing, Rachel has a wealth of volunteer experience within the cultural sector. She currently works as arts marketer at New Art Exchange. Thank you so much for listening into Community Conversations. We hope you enjoy the episode. The conversation that you are about to listen to was recorded on location at City Arts on the 15th of December 2020. The relevant guidelines regarding social distancing at the time were followed. Hello, thanks for listening. My name is Rachel and you're listening to the City Arts Community Conversations podcast. I spoke with Georgia and Nadia from British soul duo Melonix. These two sisters of soul describe themselves as a harmonic force embodying contrast and complement, ebb and flow, balance. Music naturally echoes social and political movements. Its melodies, beats and lyrics combined have the power to strengthen communities and individuals in the midst of strange and unnerving times. But how is 2020, the year of the COVID-19 pandemic and an uprising in movements for racial equality worldwide, changed things for the artists behind the music? Despite the pandemic, Melonics have still been busy. After releasing their first solo single, they continue to share their uplifting harmonies online whilst working on their upcoming EP. In this conversation, we talk neo-soul, shadism in the music industry, the pressure to create versus the power of rest and yoga. First off, we learn how they joined forces. We've known each other for years, yeah. haven't we? We met when we were both teenagers. Yeah. Um, we both used to go to Take One. We've both got a mutual friend. Yeah, so basically it was the... It was the performing arts that kind of made us 
cross paths. Nice. We had a mutual friend who we were both close to. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, we just got closer and closer, innit? And, yeah. Um, when did you decide that you wanted to like be a, a duo and you know really try to make it work together? as artists much more recently than we've known each other yeah, yeah i think like i say we've both been singing nadia was on the scene bossing things doing gigs every two minutes so i was like oh i'm gonna go watch nadia <laughs> and then like i was coming into the scene and i was doing my thing and we were just supporting each other and then i think we both had a bit of a like lull. <laughs> yeah a lull and a time where we were like oh we're not sure about this you know it's mm. not going the way that we envisioned it going kind of thing yeah and is that then, when you were working as solo artists yes yeah. yeah so then i think um on the back we'd been saying for years as well that we wanted to work we wanted to write something together mm. but it's one of those things and it you always say things and sometimes it takes a while to get around to them mm. but in that period i think then um, we got offered a joint gig, which we took up um, to, and that kind of pushed us to do what we'd been saying we want to do. So it was acoustical, actually, that we yeah. got asked to do together because I think she'd been asking us separately and we we're like, no, <laughs> we don't gig anymore. <laughs> then she asked us together and we agreed to do it. And then from then, we started um, backing each other. So doing joint sets with like maybe two of my songs, two of Nadia's and doing backing vocals for each other. And that was what, 2018 yeah. to ni- like late 2018 to 2019, something like that. Yeah. And then it was towards the end of last year or mid last year when we were getting opportunities and stuff. I think we did We Out Here Fest, didn't we, in 2019, mm-hmm. August and then people like, you know what? You lot should do something proper together. Like, <laughs> Georgia Copeland and Nadia Toya is just, it's a bit long. <laughs> but we've been thinking the same thing. So we yeah. thought, oh, let's work on a project. It was initially yeah. what we said, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just basically, I say all of that mumble jumble to say it was a very natural progression. Yeah. So it was about supporting each other initially. Mm-hmm. And then towards the September of last year is when we said we we're going to do a project together. And then, yeah, it just was like, okay, we're going to be a duo. And that's when we thought of their name. Um, there were some other names in the works, weren't there? Yeah. But then we settled on Melonix. So, yeah, it's pretty recent in that respect. So I'd say we've been Melonix for about a year, a year and yeah. a month, something like yeah, that. So Melonix yeah, is new, but our connection is long-lasting. Yeah. So it was like a blend of two words, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was <coughs> melody for the singing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes now we like to tack on melanin as well, don't mm. we? Well, I feel like people people, people always people think do it's it. that. Yeah, they go, oh yeah, melanin, of sport. Yeah, it's actually melanin. Um, is a black gemstone. gemstone. So that's where we brought the words together to come up with melonics. And that's kind of the way that we see ourselves too. Songbirds. <laughs> <laughs> Full of melody, melanin. Yeah, yeah. That, that's and what we want to represent. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think in terms of our music, that's that's what we want to hail up, isn't it? Yeah. Um, black women like ourselves and encourage unity and sisterhood and and, and tell our lessons as well. Like, you know, give back in the way that artists before have as, as given back to us that's definitely part of what we want to do yeah. so yeah it's really nice to hear that like you were friends first and it kind of all kind of came about through supporting each other yeah yeah, really yeah. Nice. that's a big that's, part of it and it's a big part of like what we want to represent in what we're doing we mm-hmm. think you know women supporting women sisterhood is really 
special when you find it, do you know what I mean? And something mm. that we all should cherish and encourage amongst each other because mm. community is a lot and sisterhood mm. is, is something special and there's a lot to be said to what you can achieve together. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, what Melonics is about. I asked the duo, why singing? And why so? I don't feel like it's a conscious decision in a way. Mm. Like in, in some ways it is, but I feel like it's just the music that we gravitate yeah. towards. It's the music that certain I mean, I know we've had we've had definitely had some crossover in terms of our musical influence growing up. Yeah. But for me, Neo Soul was just what was being played along with other things, nineties hip hop and R and B. Do you know what I mean? A bit of reggae as well. So for me it's just the music that I naturally gravitate to it's the music where the artists that i take the most inspiration from and i think the message of the music as well i was gonna say yeah like i think that's a big part of it for me like it's quite conscious and um has substance it, yeah the topics are varied it's a lot of the time it can be social commentary or just going into depth about stuff it's not always it is there are lots of love songs in soul but I feel like they talk about different types of love as well. It's not just romantic or sexual love stories. I mean. yeah. yeah. So I think we like to we like to talk from experience in it, and we like to talk from things that we've had joint experiences in also. Mm. Um, so it's a vehicle that I think makes it easy to do that as well. For me, and I think I can say for you as well, Nadia, mm. that it's an extension of who we are Absolutely. our music if we were to talk about some of the influences which i think was part of your question like mm. i know we always say this anyone who's heard this <laughs> before just like oh they're gonna say her again yeah. but um <laughs> lauren hill is a massive massive influence i think we're both yeah. a kind of i mean half of so many people are raised upon that yeah, album. Miss Education of Lauren Hill is just Bible a storytelling. <laughs> there's so many messages in it. There's, yeah. she knows she's so talented. She's so true to herself, and it's things that I think, um, I could just identify with on so many levels, and not just identify with, but aspire to be. I want to live my truth in that way. Do you know mm. what I mean? And very good representation for young black females as well and how to carry themselves in the music industry and I think that's another thing that we see a lot of in the that genre is just sometimes a different representation of the female black woman that I personally identify with more than say what I might see in some other genres not to say I don't enjoy those mm. genres but yeah I think that's a big part of it you know the Erica Radu's Angie Stone mm. Jill Scott like these are people that my mum was listening to and therefore I was listening to and just resonating with and yeah yeah artists with like deeper stories to tell yeah it was something to get across yeah something to say something that you can listen to and take with you that's definitely the kind of music that I think we want to make isn't it but and that kind of music in my opinion is the music that lasts yeah you know is there's got to be something that connects you to it and I think um, for me, it's all of those things in that genre. So there, mm. yeah. I don't know if you want to add to that, Nadia. Or I think you said it all, girl. No, um, spoken enough for the both of us. No, yeah, you have. You have said you've hit the nail on the head. Um, especially with Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Like it was like one of the very few CDs that were in my house. Like my mum was more of a radio listener, mm. so there wasn't that many. We used to take things on the radio if we wanted to hear a song. Do you mm. know what I mean? Or put a VHS 
I'm showing my age now. I put in VHS and the VCR and <laughs> tape MTV bass. Like that's how we used to listen to things on repeat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that CD was like, oh, I knew it off by heart, back to front, mm-hmm. and from before I even knew I wanted to be a singer. Well, no, maybe not before I knew I wanted to be singing. Before I knew I was going to be where I am now, one of the things that I always fantasised about was having a body of work like that. Mm. I always thought to myself, if I ever made anything like that, and that was all I ever made, I would die happy. Do you know what I mean? So I never thought about it being soul, but it makes sense that that's what we'd be making now, if that's how I was feeling. It's interesting that you you both mentioned that album, because I, as well, have grown up on that album. This is is even, like, as a young, young girl, like, probably, like, age six, seven, I remember that album, like, and it kind of moving me, in a way, and you taking notes. This is a big woman talking, you know. Sometimes I really think to myself, like, what was we resonating (laughs) with? Like, yeah, that's right, girl. It's just, like, someone you wanted to follow, I guess, isn't it? As the world tries to unpack ugly truths about how racism is still embedded in our society, there has been an increase in conversation around colorism or shadism and the politics of skin tone in the music industry. I think it definitely exists. Yes, I agree. I think that it does. And I think it's existed for a long time. Um, Mm. If we just look at opportunity and access, it's not over Mm. and people don't really understand how people are affected by things like colorism and so it's this thing where some people think it's like this mythical thing that people talk about but does it actually exist but yeah it absolutely exists in a lot of industries and for me why would music be any different and we also know that it's not any different in that respect it's it's a competitive industry um and i do feel that you know there's a certain i think luckily we're in an age where the industry is moving away from being managed by the institution but you know having said that there's still people that need to open up doors and there's still a thing of how you look and I think you know as females in the industry I think that's something that is sometimes placed upon us I mean I have to say I I try not to give it too much weight to be honest because I do feel like I know that we know there is space yeah. for as many of us as there is. Do you get what I mean? As long as we exist, there's space. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be audience because we're here. You can't, you can try to ignore us, but... But we'd be lying if it... I think sometimes you only need to look at certain genres and, mm. you know, who's... What you see most of, really, to yeah. know that there's clearly something going on. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Or there's a certain type of look that's preferable or even if you look at who are the gatekeepers of some of these com- um, communities within the music industry mm. that are, when we're talking about genres that are rooted in blackness then and our history, mm. if you were to look at who are the people sometimes who are opening the doors to yeah. allow you in <laughs> to something that's of your, of your heritage then, yeah. even that will tell you that there's, there's, there's something to it. Do you yeah. get what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Although we're connected, we are like from the same sort of place, we're treated differently. And that's exactly what colorism is, isn't it? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? We're all black, but because mm-hmm. we're different shades, mm-hmm. we're being seen and treated differently. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. my view is that we can't wait on the industry and keep yeah. putting it on the industry. We have to take things by 
the horns and be like, you know what, this is of us. Let's create our own opportunities. Let's make sure that we're giving back to our communities and, and trying to be that bridge for the next um, creatives coming after us. Let's hold our own events. Let's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there was this whole discussion about Oscars so white and things like that. It's we can't keep looking to the industry and being mm. like, let us in, let us in, let us in. It's about, I think as well, placing ourselves in positions where we can create our own things to acknowledge mm. each other. And that way, I think there'll be more of us through, we'll get a more diverse view and the industry will just have to take no. There you go. Because yeah. we're very innovative and special and creative people. Do you get what I mean? And we're already influencing so much mm. in just general culture like mm. words people say fashion yeah, so like if we're that. that powerful we need to just i feel rather than feeling like oh there's this thing going on i think it's about us coming together and being like okay what can we do oh so we want to see more of us doing this let's put on our own event let's put on our own festivals mm. let's yeah and, and i think tyler perry he did his own thing didn't he yeah and even like you know i think what for me is exciting is that there are artists doing that now when you mm. look at like the Stormzies and stuff there's lots of people using their platform mm. to give other people that leg up you know we've been ro watching Rap Game UK haven't we and yeah. that's another example of artists using their platform to lift up others so I think we need to recognize that we have more power than what we think we have mm. so we have to we have to be the ones to change the narrative. Back in spring 2020, Melonix took the initiative to set up the project Black Girls Do Yoga, promoting the importance of self-care being just as important as activism. The mental well-being of black women is important to us mm -hmm. um, for a plethora of reasons, um, but also the visibility of black women in the yoga well-being scene mm. um we wanted to make it more inclusive to and in i mean i'm sure there's a lot in fact we know that there's a lot of um black women who are interested in yoga because obviously with uh, with socials the way that they are these days you can choose to see what you want to see so we follow a lot of yoga black girl yoga mm -hmm. um platforms and all the rest of it but in our actual lives the only black girls we were seeing at yoga was each other <laughs> so that was the catalyst for us wanting to do that I think it was actually around the um, black lives matter yeah. thing because that was part of the conversation because just collectively as a people not even just black women but black people in general there's a lot of um, mental warfare that I feel like we don't even realise we're fighting because it's a day-to-day -day grind, it's microaggressions, it's code switching, it's just a plethora, plethora of things, do you know what I mean? So we're, and then on top of that, we're not, as a people, we're not known for addressing our mental health or going to seek help and guidance for it. A lot of the time we just go till we break so all those things and then with the black lives matter um situation with the you know george floyd thing happening um and that just basically making the black lives matter movement explode and uncovering a lot of 
things and expos and a lot of conversations that needed to be had. We just felt like we wanted to do something to just contribute to something positive happening with that thing. And I think one of the things, I don't know if you agree with me with this, but another thing with this fight (laughs) and plight that black people have is that a lot of the time you see, you know, the black men being targeted, black women as well, but then a lot of the time you see the black women on the front line having to fight for the men, do you know what I mean, the people, and Mm. it's like they're just having to spin all the plates. Mm. When did they get to rest? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's that strong black woman yeah, trope, isn't it? That's mm. it. And yeah, yeah, I agree. I so. think that's what we wanted to just wanted to save space. Like we deserve safe space. holistic, you know, care, care <laughs> and care. time for ourselves yeah. and to just stretch out and namaste and mm. wusa and all of meditate. those things. Meditate and I think that was like a big, I mean, ever since we started our yoga journey, by the way, just so you know, I'm not no yoga specialist. <laughs> Still at the beginning of the yeah, journey, but fetuses. We, <laughs> we felt like it was just kind of like, oh, so it's just us two in this mm. space again. Like, Gia, are you going yoga this N- Not today? to say that we weren't welcomed, because yeah. I think it's also part of what's a barrier. So I think it's finding spaces where you feel comfortable, comfortable. to go and not yeah. just feeling like you have to remain online. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. And just to touch on what you were saying, Rachel, about, you know, everything that's been going on this year and just as artists, it was very self... It was for us as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was Absolutely. for us as artists, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think we were a bit like, what on earth is mm. going on? What's going to happen? It was mm. a time of, like really big uncertainty and then like you said all the the incidents happening with black lives matter trying to stay motivated and that thing where you've got to be on it you've got to be on Mm. it all the time and i saw a quote the other day that said something like um there's a lot of us that are dealing with anxiety or depression or other things but we just compute that as we're failing do you know what i mean and Mm. i think that's a very that's that's something that i think everyone can relate to but i think that's something that's quite prevalent in our community do you know what I mean and I think as an artist you know a lot of us are juggling more than one hat we don't have the luxury of just being artists 24 7 so I think there was a lot going on and a lot to take in and then add to that seeing your people people that look like you brutalize and having to be Mm -hmm. strong and constantly fighting and we're gonna march we're gonna do this you know and i I remember people saying i can't believe people are protesting and it's like some of us don't have the choice to Mm. choose between whether we're gonna stay inside and indoors and away from people or whether we're gonna fight like Mm. do you know what i mean actually for us the bigger threat at the moment is the way that we're perceived in society as opposed to this virus so i think we just wanted to do something that we'd wanted to do for a long time which is have that yoga space and it was so nice like yeah. to just go online and be like we here ladies yeah. do you know what I mean let's stretch let's down dog it out or whatever yeah. it was commune really nice and we did that in conjunction with at one space which is the studio that we've been going to and it was led by um, Mumtaz Mumtaz Yoga mm. um so yeah we're grateful that they 
helped us to yeah. facilitate that it, yeah. because it was really nice Resting. and I think we definitely want to pick it I mean we've been quite busy but we yeah. it's something that we didn't want to just be a one-off and I'm sure mm. we'll find a way to kind of pick bring it back, back or point. bring back yeah. another initiative because it's it's one of the things that we keep talking about that we want to do we want to yeah. have the music but there's other what things that we're use? passionate about that we want to do so that was one of them yeah. it was what was made it so good was everyone that came yeah, do you know what I mean it absolutely. just felt really nice having that mm. it felt like a sense of community yeah, even though yeah, you know wasn't not there wasn't a great amount said yeah. we were just and like, it was virtual which was a bit weird but yeah. like G was saying we're, we're new to yoga relatively do you know what I mean Give like in perspective you've yeah. got these OGs with the 25 years plus <laughs> in the game we're, yeah do you know what I mean? we're out here with our little diddy two years or whatever but it's done so much for me mm-hmm. that's why it was so important for me to expose that to other people I wanted people to see what it can do and the the peace and the you know the introduction to healing that can come from it so mm-hmm. yeah that was what it was about for me really I asked the duo whether they think well-being has a positive impact on creativity. I don't know, because there's this school of thought where it's like, you create from the pain. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, that is true, but also it's nice to create from a place of feeling peace and where you can reflect. So sometimes it's not that there's not other things going on. Mm. It's the time to decompress, digest and, you know, really find solace through like working together through taking care of ourselves and being that support and then being like come on let's let's sit down and write Mm. stuff which is how we got back into our creative process over the um when the pandemic first happened because I think at first we were just like you know what everyone's out here just flinging up videos and we're just (laughs) like girl I don't know what's about to happen I don't know if we can do this but then I think um you know we we allowed ourselves that time as well to do nothing, nothing which is what yeah. part of it is about. Like, we yeah. can't... It's like what Nadia was saying and what you're just asking us. It's not about constantly going. It's about allowing ourselves to be... Like, Whatever oh, it is I don't know what's going be. on right now. Yeah. Maybe we need to just stop and, yeah. and allow ourselves to feel the things that we're feeling. And then when we're coming out of that, it's like, okay, yeah, we're ready to, to do things. And I think that's what... We, this year has been a big... I think that's what I'd say we've both learned, isn't it? Like, there's we're in an age where you can constantly see what others are doing in mm. a way that we didn't used to be able to see. Exactly. So even though social media is great, I know for me, sometimes it can get quite toxic and I have to take yeah. breaks and mm. monitor how much I'm watching other people live their life and remind myself that what I'm seeing is snapshots of people's... Highlight reels. Lives, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because there was a lot of that being like, oh my God, I feel like I'm not being productive. What is everybody else doing? Look at this mm. person. They're still managing to write and still managing to put out. So we really had to have a word with ourselves and vice versa because usually it's like, oh my God, I can't cope. No, girl, we can do it. And then she's like, oh my God, I can't cope. And then I'm like, no, girl, we can do it. Which is why we, we value work, what yeah. we have um, together so much but yeah mm. I think we definitely had a point where people were like yeah it's gonna be okay and we were just like you know what, we're just gonna jam you know for mm. a bit and now we're in a phase where we're kind of feeling very grateful to be in the position that we are we feel like we've learned a lot from this year about you know how much we are actually capable of and we're able to rely on ourselves and we just go with the flow now when we're That's feeling it. it we 
get on it and do yeah. things and if we're like you know what we don't need to be posting on social media for the next two months then <laughs> so be it. it it's still there when you want to go back <laughs> exactly. kind of thing so it's yeah i think we just try and acknowledge our feelings and take the time that mm. we need and that helps us create better when we come back to do that i'd say yeah absolutely. as opposed to just pressure do you know what i mean yeah and it's even inspired literally creativity do you know what i mean we have written a song that is inspired by our yoga journey well it's not inspired by our yoga journey but it touches on that it's a hat tip to it and just self-care in general yeah. and everything that george has just said about taking time you know identifying what it is that you need and going with that not yeah. succumbing to pressure of society or what you think you should be doing or anything mm -hmm. and um yeah so that's literally something that we put into song yeah. i think we wrote another song over lockdown as well that was just called, <laughs> that was all about you know just kind of trying to focus on realign yourself and focus on you as opposed to there's so much going on in the world and there's so much like oh you're not doing this oh you haven't been to the gym enough times oh you of oh, this you age re read ten thousand books during lockdown what were you doing yeah oh you're still not <laughs> you haven't popped yet and you're in this age bracket so yeah i guess it just shows that we really do write what we're feeling yeah. like we, we go through what we're going through and then we put pen to paper don't we yeah, and, and talk about it and yeah. i think that way works best for us because it feels like authentic i don't know if you watched the michaela cole's if you hear this michaela cole we love you <laughs> <laughs> we'll just send it to her but, um, I was listening to something the other day and it said that after that she has just completely she's like not got an agent she's not answering her emails mm. and she's just she's almost in a state of like mourning that project mm, so yeah. it's just an interesting take because I feel like a lot of the times in the creative industry with artists it's always like what are you doing next mm. you know but it, it goes to show that there really is like significance and importance in taking a step back sometimes yeah absolutely like, why does everything have to be such a rush? You know, why do we have to be on to the next one all the time? Like That's part of what I love about her, is I feel like she really will just tell people to go on, like, listen, <laughs> I just gave you something special, so yeah, meditate on that, because exactly. there's many lessons in that to be had, yeah. and I'll come back when I'm good and ready, and I think we need to take a leaf out of that you book, know, man. Our art is an extension of us, and then we're giving it to you, do you know mm. what I mean? So this obsession, with like, what's next, what's next? It's like, oh, just chill. This is our art and what we want to represent and we need to take as much ownership as we can and, you know, put everyone on pause when, when they need to be put on pause, basically. Mm. Melonics have been sharing their music with audiences online over the pandemic. So I asked them whether they think online initiatives, content and social media are offering hope during this time. Mm. Yeah, socials are a blessing and a curse because Obviously, there's an addictive element to it and things like that. But what would we be doing? What would be happening to art right now if we didn't have socials? I think that the ingenuity that people have been coming with has been out of this world. Mm. And it, again, blessing and a curse because it's like, oh, that's sick. But then it's like, oh, what can we do kind mm. of thing? Do you know what I mean? But I personally think that it's it's brought out a lot more creativity and a lot more um 
new avenues to go down like people having to think outside of the box Mm. think about how we're going to push the scene forward if we're not going to be able to go outside to have that scene Mm. and um it's i think it's been good for artists and good for the consumers and supporters as well we're all missing that Mm. and can't wait to get back in you know, to go watch a piece of dance, to go watch theatre, to go to a gig and really connect. Mm. But I think it just goes to show how much you can connect online mm. and how much you you probably didn't realise that you could do. I think it's pushed the industry forward in a way in that we wouldn't have moved that quick without what's gone on. Yeah. So there's a lot of people... To speak from the music industry, I know a lot of people who all of a sudden have got home setups yeah. to record <laughs> and things like that, you know, mm. so that they can continue making their art or that mm. are thinking out the box and thinking, okay, where can I go to make this look a certain type of way? Or, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to do this online workshop or you can do this online presentation. or So it just goes, it, I think it's opened your eyes as to how much people you can reach. It doesn't. You don't have to be in person so I definitely think there's been huge huge benefits and it's it's forced us to be creative forced us to be imaginative about how we're what we're gonna provide and how we're gonna do it especially because there's so much going on online do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it really makes you think about how you want things to come across in a way that Mm. it really does resonate still art and music those are the things that are keeping people sane mm-hmm. keeping people entertained keeping people connected with each mm-hmm. other so i do feel like moving forward i think the creative industries will be changing but as you yeah. said things will be opening up more yeah. being more inventive and it's quite exciting yeah. to think of what it will be like yeah. once we come out of this and we realize what we can learn hope that people feel grateful yeah coming out of this because we we took these industries for granted in my view i think this has made a lot of people realize that the arts on it's not a it's a necessity mm. it's not a novelty it's not a um you know a treat a luxury mm. exactly mm. it's something that we need as people mm. and for as long as we've been on this earth we've been connecting through music through art mm-hmm. through expe- expression mm. yeah movement and all these other things sometimes we forget like that is our life source do you get what I mean so I think you know it's made it certainly made me feel grateful that you probably we all probably took for granted whether it's just going out somewhere to hear some music and have a dance with other people go to a gig you know we're probably all going to be like let me in when we get back out lastly I asked them both what they wish they had known before they started out. I wish that I would have just trusted myself a bit more and I allowed myself to just do rather than thinking about it mm-hmm. so much. Um, that would probably be my biggest thing. We put so much pressure on ourselves sometimes as creatives about what we're delivering, whether it's good enough, but good is subjective, isn't it? And it's like, why is it always... Uh, for me, there's been a very long-standing theme of wanting to be good needing to be the best at something or of a certain level to be able to feel like I'm worthy enough to do the thing Mm. um but you know now I'm thinking it's about what you love it's about what's part of you 
and all the pressure I probably put on myself and the stress and the angst I put myself through to still be here doing something yeah. creative it's like girl you should have just got on with it and enjoyed it. and lived do you get what I mean so I think that's something that I wish that I knew that I couldn't just decide to put this down because I'm not of the level that I want to be at because if I was going to put it down I would have probably done it by now so mm, that's it I think for me I wish I'd knew that the progression is infinite you're constantly progressing and as good as you ever think you are or not you're always gonna be better mm-hmm. and look back on some a time and think oh god look where i've come from do you know what i mean and so if you know that it's what you love and you want to do just believe in yourself and and try your hardest to dispel any doubt um because all doubt does is pro long things i just feel like as a as a creative you just you get to the point where you realize okay this is something that i'm never gonna stop doing because it is like it's almost like an obsession you can't i can't depart from it because the amount of anguish that i felt through doing it or wanting to do it like if any normal person would have packed it in a long time ago if it was something that you could just depart from like that so Mm let go of the doubt so that you can let go of the anguish and not have any of that and just so that you can remain consistent because if you believe in yourself and you're consistent that's when you will see results do you know what i mean the times where we've been like super consistent and on it that's when we've seen like leaps in Mm. where we get to Mm. do you know what i mean and then it's the times when we let the doubt creep in Mm. where Basically, you have to you have to feed the positivity. Yeah. If you're not feeding the positivity, you're feeding the fear. Whatever you're feeding is what's um, power of the mind. Yeah. Isn't it? It's not that I didn't know them because I've been staying being told <laughs> by people around me. But there's I think sometimes there just comes a point where it clicks and it's like okay mm. yeah like you gotta just like you say feel really fuel those good parts mm. and. And remi- remember why you love something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be my main thing, just to do it for Start the love. Start the fear and feed the faith. That is such wise words. <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks to Melonix for taking the time to share their experiences with us. And thank you listeners for tuning in again. Goodbye.